She's a Super Geek is a proud member of the Misdirected Mark Network. Listening to episode 86 of She's a Super Geek, the actual play RPG podcast highlighting women as GMs. Hello, everyone. I'm Emily, and on today's episode, my co host Send and I are joined once again by Tracy Barnett, the writer of Iron Etta, and Megan Dornbrock from the Modifier podcast to finish our playthrough of Iron Etta, currently on Kickstarter now. Check the show notes for the link. A special thanks to our patrons who make She's a Super Geek possible, especially today, Landon Smith, Time Paradox, and Ariel Vice. Thank you all so much. I launch into the anti-road campaign song, because I don't want a road. <laughs> we don't need no road. No, 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 we don't need no road. We can be self-sufficient. We don't need no road. I would like to create an advantage that reflects the crowd drowning out the scald mm. and getting the support of the, the voices in favor of the road to begin like chanting a really just basic traditional drinking song that has like a call and response thing. Ooh. You know, because everyone's kind of in their cups a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like the difficulty here is is not hard at all. Okay. What approach do you think would be appropriate for that in this instance? Um I feel like if if I'm starting it myself that feels like a flare kind of thing to do. Yeah. Uh if I am getting someone else to start it that feels like a guile kind of thing to do. Honestly, I could see you doing either. I'm going to play to my strengths and I'm just going to nudge one of the lifters okay. right who's sitting near me mm-hmm. to, to to start this thing. Uh so what's what's my difficulty looking like? Or should it be rolled in opposition to Yeah, it was like maybe you should roll against the song. Yeah. Mm. I was thinking that I might invoke my flighting plus two on guile rolls when attacking somebody with words to launch yeah. into uh, a song everyone knows about the horrors of roads. Oh, like it's, uh, they may not agree with the message, but it is so catchy. It is! That, that they just can't help themselves. I actually was just telling Senda about one of those types of songs yesterday. Mm-hmm. Okay, so are we having a rap battle? Is that what's happening here, effectively? I think that's what's happening. Yes! Perfect. So since, just procedurally, since I initiated an action, we need to resolve that first. Okay. Because your flighting is only good on attacks, if that sounds right. Oh, okay. Yes, I think so. I mean, we can also just do a straight roll. I don't need to bring it. Social conflict is a fantastic thing and a wonderful part of fate, in my opinion. Okay. I'm all for drawing this out, in other words. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm still going to keep my action the creation of an advantage because I want those extra invokes on my side because I only have one one fate point right now. Mm Mm-hmm. So I guess my question is, is there a static difficulty or is Yelva actively my opposition in this. So it sounds like she's trying to actively be your opposition in this. Cool. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, then I'm going to roll my guile. Uh, what are you rolling, Yelva? Uh, I think I'm also rolling my guile. Bring it. So I get... Am I at three? Your guile's a three, yeah. Well, no, my guile's a two. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how many dice to roll. Four. Oh. oh, I always roll four. Yeah. Okay, I've got a plus two to guile. 
maybe I won't. I'm not going to hit on the flighting yet, I think. So, okay. Ooh, okay. Uh, so I got three. I got a five. My guy was a three and I rolled a net two on the dice. Um, so you don't take any stress or anything unless, of course, you want to invoke something to counteract that. No, I'll lose this time. Cool. <laughs> Strategically. Uh, yeah, I'm going to strategically lose the rap battle. I know I'm losing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw the battle. Right. So that it looks intentional? So that it looks intentional. And I think I'm going to do this through a... What's the Norse equivalent of a yo mama joke? Uh, so, I mean, I wonder if you just, um like, start quietly playing the same drinking song that they're singing instead. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah, I was totally playing this all along. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, I, I, I just added the, the aspect drinking song to that worksheet uh, and put an invoke on it because it was just a regular success. So yeah, I've got everyone singing a drinking song now. Fantastic. The lifter who, who sort of went over and started it like slinks back to our corner and I just clap her on the shoulder. <laughs> Job well done. Excellent. So I think that I am actually sitting in the middle of what is now a very loud and boisterous mead hall, right? Uh-huh. And... Even though everybody's sort of loud and boisterous and they're like clapping each other on the shoulders and like cheersing as they sing and like all of that kind of stuff. There is like this weird like space around me all the time Mm -hmm. because nobody really wants to be in close association with me. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting there looking annoyed at the world and like I knock back another mead Mm -hmm. and then like slam the cup down and then I'm getting up to go talk to uh, Grin because I know they're behind this nonsense. I just wanted a drink in peace. Like, really? At this point in time, Grin is is kicked back like feet up on an empty stone hearth. It's, it's, I assume it's a warmer summer night, right? So we don't need any fires but the one in the middle of the meat hall. Mm-hmm. Just sort of like when the parts of the drinking song come where everyone is like, rah, 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 like Grin says that, not loudly, but just says it yeah. very, very contentedly, and then sort of looks over as Lenny approaches. A fine night for a drink, yeah? What are you doing? What, like, really, what are you, I just, what are you doing? Could you just calm everybody back down? Why would I want to do that? The emissary from Yarnheim is here. There's to be a road, have you not heard? Yeah, I heard about that. Because everybody around you is yelling about it. <laughs> road, road, road. <laughs> they're not saying rah, rah, rah. They're saying road, road, road. They're substituting that in. Yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> so the thing that I think that I do actually know, because specifically my giant's worldly desire is like to reclaim worldly wealth. Um, so I'm super aware of the kind of state of lack of worldly items, especially rich ones, in our holdfast right now. So I'm just, like, like looking at you, like, how do you expect us to afford that? Like, whatever, it sounds like a great idea. And then I guess you're going to send me out to protect more people, and I'm just going to slump down on the bench next to you and, like, try and flag down another mead. <laughs> As she sits down, you mm. see that kind of skulking behind her was Yelva, Still playing and pretending to be a good bard, but she was hoping that she was hoping that our Linny friend would uh, would like chew you out and beat you up, and is a little <laughs> sad. Um, Meg, if it's all right with you, I'm going to spend down one of the 
invokes on Secrets of Yarnheim. Yeah. To catch the eye of just one of the emissary's delegation. Oh, okay. That I know who's like walking along with more mead for like the main table. And I'm just going to look at them. I know you remember who I am. And I'm just going to signal for like three drinking hordes of mead to be brought over. Okay. Uh, with that invoke. Eh, excellent. All right. Via the person from Yarnheim. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Because it's the, it, it's, it's the sign of my, of my wealth from the score of information, right? So, so I just sort of like gesture to them, mm-hmm. come over and like, it looks like it's just me and Lenny sitting here along with the rest of the, of the, the lifters. And then as the person is about to walk away, I grab one more drinking horn and I hand it over to Yelva. Who's currently playing a lute. I, well, I set it down very, very near her. And I say, and it's because obviously this is like a movie, right? And I can say something in a normal voice that will cut through the din and you'll hear it. Mm-hmm. We're all on the same side here. Come, have a drink when you're done playing. Are we? How could we not be? This is Stoneheim. This is our home. And a road to Yarnheim means nothing but good for the rest of us. Better, con- better connections mean more stability. Show me how, how you would, um, you know, pay for it. Give me another mead. And I take my drinking horn that I haven't touched, and I slide it over. You, you know, sometimes I don't like you very much. That's okay. Sometimes I don't like me very much either. Tonight, you're my friend. And I grab her empty drinking horn, <laughs> and I toast with the one I just slid over. I said, to friendship. Mm-hmm. Meg, are you okay with me defining what this site of the needed raid trade agreement thing over here is in this conversation? Or do you have something you want to uh, hold on to for that? I have some possibilities, but I'm interested in what you've got. I guess let's talk about the possibilities then, because I feel like that might be some of the secrets that Grin has, is that Yarnheim has a hidden cache of supplies or goods or something. Okay. Their their thing is iron, right? It's iron ore. They can forge weapons. So maybe they have mm-hmm. like a stockpile of ore, something that is a distance away from both holdfasts and sort of unclaimed territory. Okay. And it would take a while for word to get back to them of anything hitting that area, especially so that two days travel Mm-hmm. that's by human feet on horseback over land. Giants have real long legs. <laughs> I sure do. Yeah. Um, so so I think Grin, Grin's like formulating a plan on the fly here. Because okay. they were just sort of like going with the tone of the room. And now it seems like they might be able to talk this bone bonded into into helping out somehow. Lay out this business plan for this bone bonded. So I, I lean in real close and I say it just loud enough so that Yelva can hear all of this too. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not hanging around expecting to hear anything. I'm going to spend down another one of these invokes uh, just to establish the story details uh, that I've got going on here. So, you know, I'm from Yarnheim. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, it's fine. You're here now. I'm here now, but Yarnheim has something not too far away. Far enough away from their home, too. They have 
let's just say, goods that are probably not as well guarded as they think they are. Yarnheim wants a road, right? Yeah. Then Yarnheim should help pay for the road. I mean, that... Whether they mean to or not. Makes kind of sense. Um, I'm actually holding the talisman. Mm-hmm. And there's... um, So there's like a little... There's just a little rim of like blue light flickering around the edges of it. Um, right now, because the thought process that's going through my head is about, um, sure, I'm sure if we got enough to make the road, then, you know, there'd probably be some leftover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, so, so Lenny's thoughts may not be so clear right now, but does your giant hear about unguarded goods? Uh huh. Okay. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Is like, I may not be like super in control, but like the I think the giant's going to be on board because material wealth unguarded mm-hmm. somewhere. Uh, and that's when uh, Yelva will just stop mid song. Everybody else keeps going. She's going to come up to the table and she's going to twirl a chair around and then sit in it backwards. Riker style. I like it because snake. Yeah, because she's the band nerd, so, you know, she needs to be able to sit at the cool kids' table to do this, and <laughs> yeah. she just kind of, like, starts drinking. So what is this you were saying about uh, unguarded goods? It's a cache of supplies. Weapons, goods, or things we can use. And it's not too far away from here, especially not as the giant walks. Oh. If we can go claim this... Yarnheim does not even need to know that it was us. Where is it, though? As we would reckon it, about two days travel away, in the hills, north and west, in between Yarnheim and here, but north. So you're saying, because you just said it was going to be like two days if we put our butts on horses. I think I would even make you a wager on this. I think that I could probably walk it in one day. What do you think? I don't think your giant is fast enough. You don't you you don't think that my giant is fast enough? I think that if we left tonight, there's no way you could get us there by day's break. Oh yeah, no way. You just you just wait. You just wait. You wanna go now? We can go right now. I push the rest of my mead over to Lenny. And slam it on the table. Knock it back. <laughs> hmm. <sighs> all right, so let's go. I bet. I bet that I get you all there before daybreak. Well, Grin, is it just us, or, or is your posse coming? Your entourage, if you will. Uh, if you'll pardon me, Yalva, I wasn't aware anyone invited you. Okay. It's no big deal. Maybe I'll just go tell uh, Kelvin what you're up to. That's very interesting. I'm still on good terms with Yennefer. This is a bit of a mechanical thing, but there's something I want to try. So there's a stunt that I have called, was this yours? Where I get, I get to mark my desperation condition and I, I have mm-hmm. somehow an item that someone was missing along with plausible deniability about how I acquired it. Mm-hmm. You must have dropped it. Exactly. The person to whom it belongs owes me a favor for its return worth one box of, in, of, of indebted, mm-hmm. which is, a minor favor, but important enough to note. So, for Yelva, what is something that she would be missing that would be worth her silence in this? 
Hmm, that's a good question. Because the important thing that she has is her mentor's liar. Mm-hmm. Do you have something important from your time in Yarnheim? Yeah, something important that Yennefer gave me. Like, maybe the wrist cuff? Oh, hell yeah. That's cool. Right, like the, the loyalty bracelet that you would have swore, sworn fealty? You just put your arm <laughs> up and you're li- and like lean on it, and you're wearing it? Well, actually, um, if it's okay, I would like you to like get up and go start heading toward the emissary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And as you like get up and go, so I'm, I'm marking the box of the condition, Meg. Mm-hmm. And I, I just sort of say, oh, before you go, Yelva, uh, I found this outside of the meat hall last night. Um, I believe it may have belonged to you. And, and then like I hold up the wrist cuff so it sort of shines in the firelight. I turn and like my face just lights up because I was literally wearing that seconds ago. Or were you? I'm pretty sure I was. Was I? I wear it every day. There's been a lot of mead tonight. Trying to remember. <laughs> if it's loyalty to, to Yennefer and you're mm-hmm. in a different holdfast. So maybe I don't wear it. Yeah. I'm happy to return it to you. And you can come along. Just keep your silence about this. Yes? Sure. Friend. Anything for our friend. And I hand back the wrist cuff. It's okay. I have two shoulders. One shoulder? Two shoulders. I am going to try and get Lenny now out of the mead hall before she decides to summon the bones inside the building. (laughs) (laughs) That would be bad. Wise. Probably a good idea. Especially since you guys, like, challenged me, basically. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And also, Meg, that sounds like a compel to me if I've ever heard one for Lenny. Like, all of this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm, like, I'm compelling myself so hard, and you guys are compelling me. We're all doing it. Yeah, we can make it official. <laughs> yes, please. So then I'm going to tell the the lifters to stay here. It's just going to be just going to be the three of us. Cuz again, mm-hmm. I want some plausible deniability about these things. And uh if we get shuffled outside, Linny, show us what this giant can do. Okay. We should be outside the walls of the hold fast, actually. Probably. Probably. Is that going to be an easy thing to do, Meg? Like, is is there anyone watching what's going on, or...? I think it's not an easy thing to do because we have this company. Well, guess what? I can totally cause distractions. Hey, hey. With my flair. A distraction bigger than your friend summoning bones within the, <laughs> the walls of the whole thing. Well, no, maybe a distraction to get us out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just wondering, though, Linny, how, um... You've been challenged. You've been challenged repeatedly. You gotta show them what you can do, and soon. I know. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was gonna play that, whether you said anything or not. <laughs> I mean, the sooner the better. They, literally, the next, the next thing out of me is, I don't, I can, there's no ceiling here. I can just do this right here. It's fine. It's fine. You ready? You ready? Here we go. Ready? Here we go. I'm going to distract her <laughs> from changing. And I am going to do it through a intricate got-your-nose move. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I thought you wanted to go, and we've got to go, so I'm going to change. Linny, Linny, look. Whoop. I got your nose. No, you don't understand. If we're going to make it there before daybreak. You can't get there without your nose. But I'm going to get there You can't get there without your you nose, Linny. You give me that nose back. You, and I start <laughs> running. <laughs> 
This is not gonna. This may not stop her. We'll see. <laughs> no, this is like now changing into a giant chasing you for her nose. Like that's <laughs> that's kind of where we we're approaching that place very quickly. Is that a? It was that a straight compel, Meg? Oh yes, that's a compel. <laughs> so as you run off with my quote nose, unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, how dare you? <laughs> My hand is on the talisman again, and there's, um, like, blue fire licking around the edges of it, and then it basically, like, from there sweeps out over the rest of me, so now you're running, and I'm glowing with blue flames while I'm chasing you. (laughs) As I'm running, as I put each foot down, when it comes back up, it comes back up. And so does, like, this huge, giant bone, which is now, like, wrapped around it, basically enclosing it. Mm. But you can sort of see through it. There's still the light of me, like, the blue glowing light. Mm -hmm. And then, like, this weird sort of, like, really lopsided gait, like, the other foot goes down and then comes up with a huge leg. (laughs) And then, like, I'm running after you and, like, the next step, like, a, a, a giant arm comes up and encloses, like, one arm and then the other arm... And then, like, so now I'm standing, like, how high would you say? Like, <sighs> I don't know. I gotta be able to get there really fast. So, like, 30 feet? Should we call it? Well, how tall are, uh, are bone bonded? <laughs> I, they're, well, the, I know they're scale, but I'm not sure how that translates to height. So regular giants top out at around 30 feet? Or on average are 30 feet. A bigger one will be bigger, a smaller one will be smaller. The d- dwarven destroyers are about 50 feet. Okay. So, I'm gonna say 40, because it plays into a lot of my insecurities. <laughs> mm-hmm. Th- this giant was a leader. So he was, like, really big. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like, 40-foot giant, um, and basically how it ends up is then, like, the head, like, rises from the earth, just, like, rips from the earth, and there are, like, these welts in the ground where these pieces have been coming up and merging onto me, which is part of the reason it's probably bad that this is happening inside the compound itself. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there are, like, some ditches and stuff now in random places (laughs) that people might notice in the morning, even if they didn't notice me changing right now. And so, basically, then the last thing is, like, so there's, like, this rib cage, like, comes up behind me and then, like, encloses me. So, I'm, like, inside of the rib cage, mm-hmm. looking out through the, the like, giant bones, um, like, this flaming person. And then the last thing that comes up is this huge skull, and it just rips from the ground, leaving a huge hole. And it's, it's sort of half-humanoid, but kind of goblin-esque, and it's got, like, big, pointy teeth and like these huge curly horns coming off of it. Oh, sick. Yeah. And and then it just opens its mouth and like and I'm inside of it going and then like I just reach down and pick up Yelva and I'm holding her in my hand and going, give me back my nose. (laughs) Yes, of course. Here, here. Okay. You got your nose back. As all of this is occurring, What's the reaction in the holdfast? I mean, I feel like everyone who could have possibly heard this has either come outside or is looking outside. Like, this has not gone unnoticed. Uh Uh-huh. And let's see. I I imagine that people in the holdfast know what you're capable of, but not many of them have seen it before. 
That's probably fair. I think the thing that happens a lot is when my temper starts to get hot, I start holding onto that talisman in a really threatening way, kind of like you'd like, mm-hmm. you'd like unclip the holster on your gun, but like not actually draw it. Yeah. Like, I think that happens. <laughs> get like a little bit of a glow around you and people are like, all right, all right. Right. Like, whoa, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Right. Mm-hmm. So while the, while the commotion is going on, actually, if I can, I still have an invoke on drinking song, right? I believe so. Can I spend that just to have the song reach like a pitch that doesn't eclipse the shout of give me back my nose? <laughs> but like the people in the mead hall, at least, are not going to notice what's going on. Right. So it's just the other people. Yeah. Yeah. Is that all right? Sure. I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to try and make an exit from the mead hall and get to Lenny's giant foot now <laughs> without anyone noticing me. Am I able to do that without opposition, or do I need to make a roll? So you are, you're doing this outside, where people are definitely paying attention to Lenny. Okay. Um, because not everyone was in the mead hall, so I think that this... There is a degree of difficulty here. Okay. That is not something that I'm not super clear on how to judge setting degrees of difficulty. Is it sort of equivalent to um, your, like, approach levels? Not really, because you have to kind of be careful doing that. That's a trap I fell into, that I would make things more difficult the more skilled the players were, and that's kind of, that uh, denies them their successes. Oh, uh, yeah, sorry. I just meant, like, like this, like the scale. The general average difficulty, this is interesting if you fail, is a two. Hmm, Okay. Like, three is, okay, this is challenging. Four is, you're going to need to invoke a fate point. Okay. Most likely, because of how the dice are swinging. Five is, all right, you're getting into some rarefied some rarefied air here. Okay. I think two works because it is evening. It is darker. Mm-hmm. Um, and those who are paying attention to Linny are not necessarily looking at her feet. They are looking way up at the rest of her. Right. The giant, glowing, fiery person contained within this Gundam-like skeleton. Yeah. That's sort of the the point of focus. Then um, I think either, I think given the situation, haste might make the most sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then I'm going to roll that versus a difficulty of two. And I got a three. All right. So just enough. Just enough. So I dart, I dart like around the people and like dodge over those who are standing agape trying to get like I like indicate to the to the lifters to keep the drinking song going and get as many people distract distracted as as they can, and then I get to the foot of the giant and I I sort of like shout whisper up, go! It's that way. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of at this point just going. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I'm hoping whatever direction that Yelvo ran off in was the right one because that's where I'm going to be going to begin with. I would be smart enough to do that. Sure. Did you give me back my nose? I did. Okay. But I think I'm still in your hand, Kong style. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, then that's fine. So I'm like, now, now. So I'm going to giant hand, like, bring you up right in front of my actual face. Mm hmm. Like, okay. Now I'm going to show you. Like, we. We're, We're going to get, get there, there before, before daylight. daylight. You just, just got to hang on. Stop, stop <laughs> shaking me. I'm going to get sick. Uh-huh. I'm going to put you on my shoulder. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> and I like grab onto some bones. <laughs> uh-huh. And do you just take off at that point in time? Yeah, I think you're on my foot, and I'm just gonna go. Nice. Um, Meg, do I need to do anything to hold on to this giant's <laughs> foot? How drunk are you? <laughs> I haven't had anything to drink at this point in time that, that I'm aware of. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's just bones magically connected. It's not like there's ligaments and tendons to hang on to. And their their driver is a little uh, inebriated as well. So it's probably dif- more difficult than it usually is to hang on to floating bones. Um, slightly inebriated. I sound a little bit more sober now because, like, it's processing magically through a much larger area. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Don't go the opposite way anytime soon. Don't drink as the giant and then turn back into your human self. Hmm. No. So, what do I need to do to hold on? I think a difficulty of two is still appropriate. Okay. It is difficult, but it's large. You know, this is a Bigfoot. And I'm not intentionally trying to shake you off or anything. I'm just kind of ignoring you. Right. Do you realize he's there? Eh, probably. Just a little bit drunk still. So Grin needs needs to hang on. I can't think of a way to do it other than force. Yeah, I can't either. Just like sheer gripping unless they're trying to get Linny's attention while they're doing it i can't really think of i mean you could do that and because there's then hopefully then i would see them and like move you to a better location the fiction as established does not that does not seem plausible to me (laughs) so okay that's fair hang on (laughs) all right so let's see how the force roll goes use the force Oh my gosh. Okay. So I rolled a net of two on the dice and I have one in force. That gives me the three that I need to hold on to this giant foot. Hanging on for dear life. Oh my gosh. All right. Cool. Okay. And our our giant stomps off into the sunset. Uh, Yeah. Or the sunrise, as the case may be. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's north. So neither. neither. (laughs) You know what? Fight me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe the apocalypse did something weird. Uh, we're gonna stomp off into the starlight. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. It's very beautiful and majestic. That feels like a scene. And a half. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Senda, did you mark off a box of some of the bones? Um, yeah, no. Do you only have so many times you can summon the bones? I do. Until you have to indulge in the giant's worldly desire to recover those boxes. Oh, so the giant's like, F you, I'm not gonna do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yep. If I was a ghost, I'd totally do that. Yeah. That's a big difference from the original version, um, which did not have, like, consequences for anything, <laughs> except for what you fictionally imposed on yourself. No, I like having consequences, narratively and mechanically. So, my thought for what happens next was, before before we totally ended the scene, was to either have something... Um, intercept you at the holdfast or along the way, but now that you are riding a giant that is moving very quickly, that seems unlikely. Um, so something that I would like to find out is is whether you do make it there by, by sunrise. Right. Uh, high or low for good? No, I think I probably need to actually roll something. That makes sense. I mean, it's probably a haste. Yeah, that makes sense. And as for difficulty, you, while while your strides are long, it is dark, and you are probably well, not drunk, but like you you have been goaded on, mildly intoxicated. 
And I'm angry. And the person who definitely knows where you need to go is not up at your shoulder, but on your foot. Yeah. So I'm thinking this is at least a three. Okay. Does she get her scale on the roll? I would think so. Okay. So there, it's it's just like in Dresden Files Accelerated, but there are different names. So there are five steps of scale. By default, Yelva and I operate at human scale. Then there's heroic giant, where you are now, then epic and godlike. So for every step of scale, you have a choice. You can get a plus one on your roll per step, sort of just to add to your final total. Or you can assume success and choose to instead take two shifts of effect on the final result per step if you succeed. So you can choose to either get a plus two on your roll now, or just assume you're going to make it and get plus four on the final result. Okay. So like my final result would just be plus four. Yes, but you have to succeed. That includes a tie, which is a success at a minor cost, but you have to actually succeed on the roll. Right. So it's a gamble, right? You can either take a little more precision on the front of the roll, or you can take more effect on the back end of the roll, but it's riskier because you might not make the roll. Right. Based on my haste, I'm going to take the plus two up front. (laughs) Yeah, that seems smart. Um, Yeah, we're just going to call it that and hope I don't roll a fill. I did not roll a fill! Are you saying a fail or a fill? I'm saying a fill. The fill is a minus one. I don't know, like, literally, that man always rolls minus one on fate dice. It's hilarious. I don't, I don't even know. Two plus two plus one is five. All right. So, success by two. Yeah. So, you, you succeed. So, you definitely get there. Before sunrise? (laughs) Yeah, like, before sunrise, and, and I feel like, and something else to your advantage. I've got a couple of things to throw out there. I think that I may actually end up, like, really going the right direction and actually finding it instead of getting lost near it, since I don't know exactly where I'm going. Or possibly that I stop before we get super, super close so that I can find out exactly where it is, which also gives us the opportunity to approach without, like, giant, giant just stomping in. Oh, that's what I was going to suggest, is that you're able to get there and, and have the capacity to think, wait a second, let's, there's probably, like, it's not totally unguarded, there's going to be some people there, we need to not just barrel right in. Right, so this is the point at which I basically will just stop, because mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I think we're close, mm-hmm. and then just reach down and, like, grab, grin with my fingers and just kind of gently lift them up and like put them on my shoulder too and be like okay do i get to just smash them all hey grin how was your night this has been a night of unutterable torment Mm -hmm. but you are very fast i told you i was fast i told you i was fast yep you did not believe me yep and i showed you i am fast you You showed me. Now let me show you this place. So, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, Meg, if you agree, this would be a fantastic time for a complication. Oh, yes. I think I have one. Okay, excellent. Um, I'd like to self-compel Chosen of Loki. Mm Mm-hmm. And that luck just sort of bends around me in a weird way. Okay. I'm going to 
I'll let you voice the complication. I have a thought about it, but I want to see what you come up with. Yeah, so my thought is that there is a small contingent that guards this area. Uh, there, there may be a, like a, they have a small camp nearby, and you are able to ascertain that one of them is Elsbeth. She has been out here. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> that is so much better than what I was thinking. Um, it's a one shot. We going bigger, we going home. <laughs> it's temporary. That smells like the very specific type of tobacco that only Elsbeth smokes. Well, and so yeah, like you're holding you're holding me up near near eye level, right? Right. I, I think I, I actually put you on my shoulder with. Uh, yeah. So we yellow. we can yeah. see over most of the trees yep. at this point in time. Yep. And I'm like pointing out the things for the information that I have. So the cache is over there, and it's guarded by a very small contingent of people. That won't be a problem. And <laughs> then it's one of those like the camera pulls back while zooming in. On my face, so like the background just recedes from me. Right. What what is it about Elsabet that I see from this distance that I recognize, Meg? Yes, Senda? (laughs) I think that her hair is pure silver. Yeah. And so, and it's long. So, and she wears it like down, so it flashes in a very specific way in the moonlight that is just not like no one else would have that on their head. Mm-hmm. Or in the sunrise, right? Yeah. Because you, you got here before. I beat the sunrise. You beat it, but it's happening now. Yeah. You're right. It can be as the sun begins to peak up. The sun crests, and I see, like, that blood red silver flash. Yes. When I see that, I grab onto, like, the neck vertebrae and swing around to the other side where Yelva is. Mm-hmm. And I, I look at... At her, Yelva. What? Tell me you did not just see that, too. Oh, what? The uh, blood red silver flash? No, totally didn't see it. (laughs) You and your liar. You do realize the sun's coming up and we're on a giant. Yeah. Your help cannot be underestimated. Elsabeth is here. Why? Why? Why that particular person in this particular place? This seems like a really weird place for them to be. I agree completely. I, unless Yelva stops me, I climb down the clavicle and clamber <laughs> down the spinal column uh-huh. and sidle around until I can, like, actually physically tap uh, <laughs> Linny on the shoulder. Which makes me jump. So all of the big bones, like... <laughs> I hold on. And I would imagine that if you try to, like, turn around to face me, the giant just turns. Exactly. That's what happens. Seriously, sunrise, Can we? can we lose the bones? We are so big right now. Uh, yeah, that's definitely the point. Lenny, kneel down. Uh, okay. Take a knee. Let me tell you what I'm thinking. Now, hear me out. I get captured. Look, 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 look. I just, can I make something really, really clear? I mean, that might be an idea, but let me, let me just hold that thought for a second because I have to say this and I'm like starting to kneel as I say this, but I just want you to know <laughs> that Lenny kneels for no one except myself. Okay? Okay. And I knew. I got it. You're doing this because you want to, not because you tell, not because somebody told you to. Got it. Understood. Um, We can't kill anyone. Now, here's the thing about Elsbeth. Elsbeth wants me dead. I can't imagine why. Here's the other thing. I have some various things on my person 
to draft a pretty strong sleeping potion. Strong enough for the entire contingent of Yarnheim troops in addition to their co-Jarl? Well, I mean, you said it's a small contingent, right? It's still the contingent. It's ten people. Yeah, that's nothing. Wait, 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 wait. Did you say we can't kill anyone? No, we cannot kill anyone. We can't kill anyone? No, Elsabeth's there. We can't kill anyone. I don't care about Elsabeth. Yes, but I do. Look, all I know is Elsabeth wants me dead. So obviously I have to get captured. That's the only way we're going to get close enough to to do anything to them. Bones here can't get close. No, no, I'm sorry. Did you just did you just did you just say that I can't get close because because I can get close. I just have to take like two step two steps right over. No, that's not what I'm saying. You can get close. It is possible for you to get close. It is not the best idea for you to get close. Okay, fine. But I could just step over and like grab whatever you guys point out and then just like run. Okay, that's a that's another idea. I mean, I don't have to kill anybody to do that. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with that idea? I can just grab it and go. I'm trying to think what's wrong with that idea. Yeah, I can think what's wrong with that idea. <laughs> Actually. This is where I'm going to ask the GM, what is the exact nature of this thing we're raiding here, right? Like, I was going on on shaky information. Is it just a thing that the Bone Bonded can grab and go, or is it more complicated than that? I think it's more complicated. Yeah, I was like thinking like almost like trying to like grab a shed out of the ground kind right. of like mm-hmm. oh gosh. Yes, where they may have some crates of items, but I think when you heard about ore, I think this is where the mine location is. Mm. They opened a new mine. Yeah. Yeah. So they have plenty of ore here, but uh, Okay, I just thought of what's wrong with this. We can't just grab ore and run. It's in a frickin' mine. You didn't tell me it was in a mine! I didn't know it was in a mine until we saw it. Uh. Here's what I propose. No one's getting captured. I say we approach and... Scare the hell out of them with the bones here? That's exactly right. I'm pretty scary. I'm pretty scary. We subdue those that need to be subdued, Elsabet included. We kill no one. Unless we can help it. I mean, boring, but okay. Okay, Here, here's the problem with that plan. Then they know who did it. Because I don't know about you, I don't have the normal stuff I'd have on me, because if I was going adventuring, because, y- you know, Bones just kind of grabbed me. You took my nose. You took it. And I gave it back. I know you gave it back, but I don't... You know, I'm just saying. I don't have my disguise kit. I don't have, you know, I just have, like, you regular poison and stuff that I would have nose. on me every, every, everywhere I go, uh, just in case. I have my, I have my liar and a dagger. So, Meg. Mm-hmm. I have this stunt called What is Hidden in the Dark? And it says, once per session, I can mark a box of desperation to declare a previously unknown factor detail about a person in or around the holdfast. The fact must be something that the person would want to keep hidden. Okay. And then I create an aspect. So the only thing I have on me that belongs to somebody else is Elsabet's axe. Mm-hmm. May I use this? It says in and around the holdfast. May I use this stunt on Elsabet to have some type of leverage that I can let these two know about? Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. 
Or I have a stunt, which I forgot about, called I Know Someone Who Can Help. Once per session, you can declare there is a previously unknown NBC who can aid your current cause. Mm-hmm. Create a name, a high concept, and a trouble. Their help is only guaranteed once. So there's someone in the camp that yeah. you know. I think I think both of these are excellent. Yes. Okay, excellent. There's a there's a snake in that camp. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I agree completely. There's a snake in that camp. That's exactly where I was going. I'm going to need some help with the secret that I know, mm-hmm. Meg, because... As a player, I don't quite know. I'm looking for leverage against Elsabet that we can use should it come to a conversation that any one of the three of us can can bring to her, right? Because part of the stunt is that it becomes public knowledge. Mm-hmm. So what secret do I know about Elsabet that is enough that if anyone said it, it would give her reason to not attack or to stand down or to even leave? Like... I'm not sure what that thing could I be. I think the most straightforward thing would be that that she is keeping something from Yennefer, taking a little extra or not fully disclosing all of what's out here. Because I, in my mind, she's the only one that's come out here and has been out here. Yennefer hasn't seen this this space. I bet that Yennefer doesn't even know about it. Ooh. Oh, yeah. If that's okay. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just going to call this Elsabeth's secret, and I'm going to put a fate point on it. But the secret is that she has been taking people loyal to her Mm -hmm. and has established this other mine. Yeah. I'm not going to try and speak to the motivations for that. Mm -hmm. But she could have plausible deniability, right? If Yennefer ever found out, Mm -hmm. it could be, well, look what I've done for our holdfast. Yeah. But because of the nature of the setup and all the negotiations that are going on. And because this is so much closer to our territory, Mm -hmm. it could look, it could look really bad. Yeah. Right. It could throw, it could throw the the road plans into complete disarray. Right. Because this territory we kind of discussed is sort of a no man's land. So Mm -hmm. it could almost be questionable in that way of like, we might consider this to be our territory, but they consider it to be their territory. Like we actually both lay claim to this particular area. Yeah, so so she is if this is found out, she is potentially this could be an act of aggression. Sure. Yeah. Having troops this close. It would be. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Perfect. Cool. All of this stuff sort of clicks into place for me. And I let the two of you know that. Because that's part and parcel with the stunt, right? So you two know that we have that leverage against Elsabet. Yeah, so I don't get to kill them? No. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I saw your eyes light up when you looked at the camp. What did you see there? I totally forgot it was somebody in the camp. Hold on. Ooh, um, Emily. Yeah? You are a compulsive liar. Uh Uh-huh. Are you going to tell your party the truth about who you've seen in this camp? (laughs) No. (laughs) And that gives me a fate point? Mm Mm-hmm. Because, Meg, Mm -hmm. they're another spy for Yennefer. So we're going to go with Flavia the Fighter. Okay. She's a snake spy. I don't know. What's her What's her trouble? In in over her head. Yeah. Oh, yes. That's very, very good. So, yeah, she's got maybe split loyalties. 
Mm-hmm. Who doesn't so, around here? Apparently. Yeah, even though she's a spy for Yennefer, yeah, that means nothing. Clearly, yeah, yeah. Um, so she she's actually kind of banking on the fact that this will sort of things will will be discovered, and she has plausible deniability to not know this, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But I know she's a snake and an, also a um, a spy for Yennefer. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna be like, yeah, my sister's totally here. Your sister? Yeah, my sister. Technically half-sister, but we grew up together. We don't really look that much alike. She'll probably help. I never knew you had a sister. There's a lot you don't know about me. I used to have a sister. You did? Uh-huh. Oh, no. Uh, it's fine. We should just, um, we should just finish this up. Yeah, uh, so she thinks that, uh, family bonds are the strongest and she'll probably help us. And with her helping us, we can probably, I don't know what we can do. Wait, do I have to, I have to give up a foot, a fate point to, cause I invoke that stunt, right? Uh, no, you just get to do it. It's just a once per session. Yeah, they're guaranteed to help once. You don't have to give a fate point. You made them up. They are, their help is guaranteed in this instance. Cool. But then you have to interact with them as normal after that. Sure. Well, that's because they owe me. Mm-hmm. I vouched for her as a spy for Yennefer. Right. So they owe me pretty big. Okay. So you know all of that. What are you actually telling us? That it's her sister. <laughs> oh, right. It's my sister. And if we give her the sleeping potion, she can probably actually administer it. Mm. And what's the end game with the sleeping potion? We don't have to do anything except tie them up. We don't even really have to tie them up. We just take whatever we want, but they don't know who did it. No, we got to tie them up. Why do we have to tie them up? Because we can't kill them. I know, but they're going to be asleep. I mean, yes, but the last thing you want is somebody to have a strong tolerance against a sleeping draft and to be between you and the exit in a mine. I'm not going through that again, okay? Look, I know you're a snake. But I used to be a bear, and I don't believe in leaving people helpless and tied up in the middle of the wilderness. Well, that's super great, because you're not a bear anymore, so we're doing this. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to actually take her off my shoulder and just put her on the ground. Oh, boy. We can untie them when we leave. The problem is we have to lay claim to this area. We can't just... There's nothing... There's not enough to take. Okay, so we tie them up. We have Linny take all of them somewhere else, and they just wake up somewhere else, and she can unbind them. That's fine. Linny, are you comfortable with this? Do we have to tie them up? Yes. Are you sure? Otherwise, you'll have to kill them if they get awake. Well, I'll be carrying them. I don't think they're going to go anywhere. Is it easier to carry a bundle of loose sticks or a bundle of sticks that are bound together? Ah, damn it. (laughs) Fine kind of dangerous when the bandit's the smartest one of the group. <laughs> can I suggest something, Yalva? Sure. You can suggest whatever you want. It's free territory. If we could get Elsabet to just leave and see the claim to this territory without the sleeping draft, is that not the best solution? Doesn't she want you dead, Doctor? Oh, look, I have the axe. I don't know what she wants from me, but I think we have leverage to get her to leave. This is my suggestion. You want to go talking about this? I want to go talk to her. You go talk to your sister. 
At the same time, give her the, the sleeping draft, have her prepare it. If it's not needed, it's not needed. So much the better. Fair. And then we have Linny waiting for a signal. If you hear the call of an owl, you come and gather the firewood and take it someplace safe. <laughs> firewood. I mean, I could come with you. Like, it's not a big deal. Without the bones. Okay, f- fine. <sniffs> so what happens is, is like, um, the, like, the bones basically start disintegrating back into sand and recombining with the earth at my feet, but they do it from the bottom up so that, um, it, like, slowly lowers me and, um, and grin down to the ground first, and then it basically just falls down all around us as, like, sand. Nice. That was cool. Do you want to go with me to talk to Elsabeth, or do you wish to accompany Yelva to talk to her sister? She can go with you. You need the backup. Sure. As you wish. I like you better, Grin. Who doesn't? I mean, I like myself best. Very well. It's fine. I I mean, if Yelva needs me, I'll just save her again, you know, like you do. As one does. Very well. Got my eye on you. That was once. Yeah, I know, right? Save me once. Once. Twice. Let's approach the camp. And so you're making your approach not in any sort of sneaky right. way at all. You're you're walking right up to this camp, right? I, I think uh, myself and Lenny are. Mm. I'm sneaky. All right. As attention turns to them, I am totally at a different part of the woods, and I make the secret snake sign Ooh. to draw Flavia's attention. Okay, I think that is a roll. <laughs> <laughs> to see if, if you're able to, and if Flavia decides to respond to it. Oh, that's a good point. Why don't we do a two? I think this might be guile or flair. It's the it's a secret a secret snake s- call. Yeah, I I can see guile. Yeah, this is this is something that not many other clans really know that you do. Roll um, I got a three. Huzzah! All right. Even though she wasn't expecting it, I think Flavia, you know, hears you immediately. And um, kind of backs out of whatever it is that she was working on and makes her way uh, quietly towards you. And I, of course, I mean, I have the powder for the sleeping draft because that seems to be a sensible thing to keep on me at all times. Mm-hmm. I give her the little bag. It's marked with the potion. It's marked with the sleeping draft. Mm-hmm. She knows exactly what's going on. So, yeah, that's right. Because she is she's guaranteed to help you the once. So she's surprised to see you. Sure, some words are exchanged, but you you convey to her what you would like to have happen. Yeah. And you know what? Snake clan over all of this nonsense. We probably have series of, like, hand signals so that we don't actually have to talk and exchange words. Ooh. Oh, yeah. You know, drink, sleep, them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and contingently, if whatever happens here doesn't go well. Uh-huh. You're the backup. <laughs> all right, well, that, that went very well. Surprisingly well. Yeah. Uh, let's see how the rest of this goes. <laughs> and then I pull my awkward, like, moonwalk back into the brush. Yeah, the snake. I, I pull a snake walk into the brush mm-hmm. and disappear. Awesome. All right, Grin. Linny and I circle around the camp and find 
like what would be the most obvious approach, right? So they can see us coming. Whatever the front walkway is. But from our side of things, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Like not like we're approaching from Yarnhain, mm-hmm. yes. but like we're approaching from Stonehain. Yes. What's the response when they when they see us? Um, do you wear the axe out, obviously? I have it in a sort of holster on my side and the the leather with the, with like a a wooden toggle or something like covers up the the head of the axe where the the sigil is. Mhm. Um so it just looks like a a well-made axe. Sure, but I think Elspeth would would still recognize her axe. Yeah. She probably would. Yeah, and and the second that I take it out, everyone would recognize it over here. So I'm I'm envisioning uh that they Hear you to approach. Yeah, we're stepping on branches deliberately and things. <laughs> mm-hmm. All, all the leaves crunching. And they, like, so they, they turn and, and you know, see that you're coming at, at still at a little bit of a distance. And so um, Elsbeth motions for the rest of them to kind of continue what they're doing. And she she stands and waits for you to finish your approach. And as you get closer, I think she makes a very pointed, you can see her eyes move to the axe and then back to you, Grin. We walk up to the camp and I take the axe out of the haft, out of the the Mm. horn, right? And Mm. and as I approach, I say, Jarl, I have something that belongs to you. I can see that you do. Have you been missing it for a while? Obviously not talking about the axe right now. To be honest... I hardly noticed it was gone. (laughs) Then perhaps I should just take it with me and leave. Perhaps it carries no value to you. You could try that. You know you're not supposed to be here, Elsabet. I think that makes two of us grin. What law binds me? I'm not attempting to claim disputed land. Have you even told Yennefer about this? Yennefer doesn't need to worry about this. And as for... Disputed land, I think we have differing perspectives. What's your perspective on the matter? Well, that this land is rightfully within the confines of Yarnheim. And what if Yarnheim wants to have the road? What happens when Stoneheim finds out? When Stoneheim finds out what? That we've got a mine? Yes. So I would like to create an advantage here. Yes. Um, because I have a stunt that is giant's presence that I get to use the giant residing in my body and channel its might through my voice. Mm-hmm. So I would like to speak with the strength of my giant. Okay. I'm here for this. So this is the point where, like, I am imagining that, like, without the bones, I probably stand a good, like, foot and a half shorter than you do, maybe two feet. Mm-hmm. Because I am not tall. I'm just, like, short and spunky. I've been standing kind of behind you, letting you take point on this. Mm-hmm. And um, when she says, kind of, you know, uh, whatever, like, step forward in front of you, and I have a pretty angry look on my face. And I have my hands on my hips, and I just basically yell at her, like, Do you understand that this means war? Do you understand that we are trying to find the resources to help you, and here you are on our land, mining the very resources that we would use to build the road. Okay, so I'm going to try and create an advantage for, for you with that. Okay. Which I get to roll at a plus two, and I'm hoping that was forceful enough <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to be forcey. Yeah. Oh my, okay. So 
Two plus three is five, plus two is seven. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> All right. So I would like the, um, I would like to create an aspect. Where are we putting these aspects? Mm, it's on the fifth slide. We've got some aspects so far. That's what I've been using. So I would like to make a, um, I'm going to say she is, can I say she's intimidated? Yeah, I think, yeah, I wonder if, if, if she's ever met a bone bonded that has, <laughs> like, has experienced this before. Right. More generally, if you don't want to affect her mood, you could say something like words of truth or... Yeah, why don't we do that? Because then that doesn't affect necessarily her. That gets at least one. How many does it get? It's, I am, I am, I am not an, as versed in fate as Emily is these days. What was the difficulty, Meg? Uh, well, I mean, four. Even, yeah, even at a three, you've, so that's four. Yeah. So that's, uh, success with style. So yeah, two, two invocations. Two, two, cool. Okay, good. I just wanted to set that up for you. Carry on with your scene now. <laughs> My small friend with the large voice speaks true. This could go poorly for you, Elsabet. More poorly than things have previously. I offer you this. Take the axe. Leave this place. Cede it to us. Allow the road to be built. Allow a real bond to be formed. Maybe for the first time for you. Mm. I feel like Elzabeth knows what you're saying is true. Mm -hmm. Like, this should happen. But for some reason, like, she's doing this for a reason. She's not just foolish. Right. So she's putting up opposition to this. Mm-hmm. Okay. If we want to go back and forth, we could do a social conflict where we're dealing stress to each other until one's taken out, or we can do just a straight-up roll to see. Why don't we do just a roll for now? Okay. So, I figure I'm using Guile, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm being very clever with all of this. Mm-hmm. And what sh what sh what's she doing to oppose? And NPCs, by the way, can have, like, whatever ratings you want to put on things. So is sure. she can just have, like, a plus four to being Jarl-like. I'm thinking that it's got to be some some kind of, like, being Jarl-like or using force. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not sure what exactly her reasoning is, but she is so very adamant that it's – that she can't. She can't do this thing. Okay. Um, maybe, um, I mean, maybe Yarnsheim is also short on resources and she is literally trying to fix it. And this is the only resource that she has. And she wants to remain independent. Whereas the road ties her to, ties Yarnheim to something else. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So we're doing this roll. Mm hmm. All right. So I roll the negative three on the dice. Oof. Ouch. My guy's a three. So I'm sitting at a zero. Where's she right now? So she rolled just a zero on the dice. Okay. Just it, it negated out. And um, for being a Jarl, I put her force at three. Okay. So um, so I'm at zero. Um, I'm going to uh, send a, do I have the invokes on words of truth available to me? Yeah, you do. That's literally why I made them. Fantastic. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm going to burn off every single invoke available to me. Do it. Yep. Uh, so that Kill is one, two. That's two on Words of Truth, two on Secrets of Yarnheim, and one on Elsabeth's Secret. So that's one, two, three, four, five invocations, mm, which takes me Nailed. to a ten. Holy. Mm -hmm. 
Do you have a mechanical response to that? <laughs> I guess is my question. I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> because she, I, I think this whole time she's known what you're saying is very logical and reasonable. You know, the, the, the two holdfasts using these resources to work together would be really good, but she just doesn't love being beholden. Right. So I step closer to her and I say, we are not your real enemy. The real enemy are those who are trying to tear down these roads that are connecting us. The real enemy builds constructs out of metal because they can't face the sunlight. The real enemy is trying to tear down this world. Why tear each other apart? Take the axe. Leave. Let it be. Let working together be victory enough. Because if we don't, we're not going to survive. And from the bushes, you just hear an, oh, snap. (laughs) (laughs) Do you hold the axe out to her? Yeah. I think there is a very long pause and, and she, she kind of has to like reach out for it. I don't think she would share it with you, but like, I think she has been co- running her holdfast for so long and perhaps isn't, at least in her perception, isn't as well-liked as Yennefer. Um, I can tell you that's true. So she's already losing within her own, own holdfast in her mind, and now to, to join forces with another, you know, she's she's losing power left and right. Mm-hmm. But but she knows what you are saying is is true. I'm sure she has seen the devastation of the... Of the dwarves and their destroyers. So I think she takes it, and I think there is there is a very small nod that is meant only for Grin. Mm-hmm. As she reaches out to take it, Grin just very briefly reaches out another hand and places it over hers and says, No matter what you thought, I never stopped being your Huskarl. And then let's go of the axe. She takes it. That's good to know. Thank you. That was awesome. Yeah. Oh my god, thank you all so much. This was so, so fun. So, uh, briefly tell us where we can find both of you on the internet. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, because that is where I live, uh, at Meglish, M-E-G-L-I-S-H. You can find links to all of the projects that I do from there, too, like other podcasts and games and... I don't know, it's midnight. I don't know what I do. <laughs> I know. You do tons of things. Just go with it. There you go. You know me by now. I make some podcasts. I draw some things. Sometimes I make games. Mostly I just shitpost. So come hang out. Awesome. And Tracy? Uh, You can also find me on Twitter. I am at the other Tracy, uh, T-R-A-C-Y. Ironnet Accelerated. It'll be on Kickstarter in July. Uh, Encoded Designs are publishing that. And... uh, I design games. Um, I have a couple of other projects in the works. Uh, I have my own actual play podcast called The Other Cast. Um, it is currently on hold pending some life stuff getting uh, calmed down. So if people want to find you to find out more about what's happening with the Kickstarter and um, all of that kind of stuff, where's the best place to follow you for that? Uh, Twitter is definitely the best place. Uh, I will be I will be crowing about this Kickstarter uh, for the entirety of its uh, existence uh, once it launches, because I'm very, very excited about this game. This is the version of Ironetta that it should have been from the beginning, even though chronologically that was that would have been impossible. Right. Yeah. 
There, there will probably, we'll be sharing it from the modifier Twitter as well, whatever you happen to post, because we talked about Ironetta a little while ago, if people are interested in that. Woohoo! We did a pretty deep dive into the, the mechanical underpinnings and where it was once and where it went, it's going now. So yeah, check out that episode on modifier. It was last November, I think. We'll find it. We'll put it in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for making time and, uh, for playing late into the night with us tonight. Um, and, uh, you guys should all check out the Iron Edit Kickstarter and we will link to that in the show notes as well. Yeah. Meg, thanks for running my game for me. Yeah. My pleasure. Hope I did okay. <laughs> you, you did better then. Yay. We hope you enjoyed episode 86 of She's a Super Geek. If you liked what you heard, please stop by Stitcher or iTunes or any other podcatcher and give us a five-star rating and a written review. We really appreciate it. It helps others find out about us. And we hope that if you've listened this long into the show that you actually like us. Find us online at sasgeek.com or on Twitter at sasgeekpodcast. Our theme song is Rock and Roll Play Baby by Kieran Strange. Find more merchandise, tour dates, and music online at kieranstrange.com or on Twitter at kieranstrange. You can find Megan Dornbrock at the Modifier Podcast on the One Shot Network, and you can find Tracy Barnett's Ironetta on Kickstarter now. Links in the show notes. And a shout out to everybody at Encoded Designs for making that Kickstarter happen. That's amazing. If you like She's a Super Geek, check out other Misdirected Mark shows, including Zheng Yu Hustle. Train alongside fellow students Eric Farmer and Eli Kurtz in Zheng Yu Hustle. Eric and Eli make their kung fu stronger by watching wuxia films, then discussing how to apply their observations to game design. And hopefully they can tell me if I pronounced that correctly. So go check out Zheng Yu Hustle. Join us next week for our special Magical Girl episode. All of my defenses, I'm ready.